ladies Jacob and gentlemen. Jacob 14. Da-da-da-da. Jacob 14. And this is courtesy of uh, T... What do you want to be called officially? Well, my real name's T-Bod. Yeah, that's your real name. A real name. Pick whatever you want, mystery man, but whatever. <laughs> it's all good. T-Bad has decided that his contribution to the show was to get us out of the ghetto. Of now audio. we have delicious microphones. We have so, they're so We delicious. each have our own microphone. Remember that tastes dark like... time when we had to share microphones? Dude, I've been through... Share s- a microphone? Dark times. Can I can I walk dark you through times. my podcast life? Sure, sure. Because it's kind of like the 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 episode of Star Trek... Where Captain Picard essentially gets hit by a probe where he lives another life. Well, it's kind of like that, dude. I've been doing podcasting now for almost eight years. Damn. Okay, so I've lived a few having to share a microphone, having good equipment, and then not having good equipment. Sharing a microphone. The, and that the, is not a euphemism. The thing about life that you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a young listener, is that oh, life is ups and, and downs, okay? Hey, you had good... Things are good? Oh, you just wait, bitch. It's gonna go down. <laughs> you just wait. Things are gonna take a turn for the worse. I know, right? Everybody always thinks, let the good times roll. Let me tell you something. 1928, everybody's like, man, it's gonna be this good for years. Just keep rolling. Things will get bad so again. So right after New Year's, they're like, woo, we got nothing to worry about. 1929, things are going to keep flying <laughs> high. We're going to keep roaring, right? Into the dust <laughs> ball. Yeah. No roaring. That's what that's what happened. So uh, we just kind of realized that sometimes you go through a little cycle. And uh, in my cycle, I had laptop basically be destroyed, audio equipment uh, destroyed, parts lost, in moves and I think you things. you lost your mind for a little while. Right. And yeah. everybody knows if you're a long-time listener that I have a habit of losing things. Details things that are really precious. Details. In retrospect, like the first four drawings of Bible stories are lost forever. Forever. They're lost. I mean, either somebody threw them in the trash, either the the STM the Tr- Société de Transport de Montréal threw it in the trash because their policy is if no art is claimed in a month, it must be destroyed. If no artist claims it for a month, do they have a policy about lost art? Yeah. Lost art is destroyed. It's not just lost objects? No, lost objects are probably given. Lost art is thrown away. What? Yeah. They have a policy about lost art? I guess we're a a really artistic city here in Montreal. Well, it's because it's paper. It's paper, right? So I'm sure that there are some people who break it if you lose your nice little oil painting in there. But you could argue that your art is a form of uh, your own currency, I know you do argue this, so... Oh, you want me to get into that argument right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm just stirring the pot. Oh, you're all. stirring that fucking pot. Okay, so for the uninitiated, which is all of you, I've been having this thought the other day because I was watching... There was this article, actually, that came out that apparently it is now possible to make your own little island nation. And, no. uh, you know, where does my mind go? Where does 14's mind go when somebody offers that proposal? You don't want to know. You don't. I mean, there's a unique opportunity for artists in this because everybody else who tries to do their little island nation they'll print out a piece of paper and they'll try to give it a little value as their own currency but the difference is if you are an artist and a skilled one you can take a piece of paper and give it real value people will pay a certain amount for something that looks good so surprise that's currency so in a sense you are your own country if you're you're if you're an artist and you should start acting like it or maybe not. I don't know. Is that too much? Like, <laughs> well, you know, Canadian currency has some pretty wicked art on it now. Oh yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's always it has a history cool of having great art. I mean, sure, we yeah. have a space arm on our currency. That is cool. That's baller, baller. Science. Even though our prime minister is like anti-science, we've got science on our currency. Yeah, the people who make the currency are not with the, that, that jive. Yeah, not with that office. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So. Yeah, like basically that was my that was my little country rant, and of course because I love making pieces of paper have value. Of course, I was thinking about that, but uh, that's a art. discussion for later. Some good art coming out. That's a discussion soon. for later. Yes. Today on the show, we're gonna have a bit of a grab bag, if you want, but that's an usual thing these days. Uh, we're we're gonna be talking about indulgences. Yeah, I don't know if you know what those are. We're gonna be talking about those. We're going to be talking about ISIS a lot. We're, well, it's speculating because, you know, that it's a bit of a mystery over there. Even 
No journalist has the guts to go over there. So what we get is piecemeal. Piecemeal. Oh, there was one journalist, right? Yeah, well, there was. There was. There was. But after I read his article, I read a bunch of other articles from other people who had been there too. And it's conflicting information. So we're going to go based on. We're going to make a line of speculations. Those are great shows. Yeah. Right? Where I just yeah. open my yeah. big fat mouth about and I get to Well, all you know, it's, it's kind of. Uh, there are certain experiments that we don't want to do because they're, they're, they're inhumane. But this is like a, a forbidden experiment that maybe you, you atheists, don't have a much of a choice over. Well, maybe atheists would would want to have a thought experiment about this. What if you founded a a modern day state based purely on religion? What would happen? Well, we can talk about so, that. Yeah, I've been thinking. I've been thinking quite on this, <clears throat> and uh, we'll have a long discussion. You can open up rich veins, by the way. Rich veins. That's up to you. You're in control here. All you got to do is trigger, trigger me. And then I'm off like a like a gun, pow! But let's start our first thing. Let's trigger the. <laughs> that, okay, was terrible, <laughs> that was a terrible. That was a terrible. Pow! Pow! Let's start our first one. Let's mention indulgences because it's been on my mind as of late. Mm. And I guess it's just because the Catholic Church has been on my mind because they pulled a fast one on us, people. Okay, <laughs> well, not a fast one. They did something where I made I, I felt like the rest of us got a little shamed. You know that whole Cuba and the United States having diplomatic talks again yeah that was the pope that was the pope asking the president please get in touch and get these people out of misery and all of a sudden you're just like god damn you pope damn it that's a good that's a good one that's a good on you dude so that upset me so i tried to do a little bit of research and remember we love to hate him and we hate uh, to love him well it makes you a little bit forget oh maybe they're not evil oh no 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 Get out of that mindset, you fool. There's Every time they do something good, you know it's just always to mask something else because there's just so much more evil. You know, that Pablo Escobar opened hospitals. <laughs> he was also a deranged billionaire that traumatized an entire country. I mean, like, you think that everything's... A Yin and Yang. Yeah, not everything's just a Lord of the Rings simple fucking explanation everything. You notice how the bad guys are always ugly in that shit? You notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you must be evil. You're ugly. Hey, that was the Inquisition. That was a lot of that. Yeah? Inquisition. Let me let me get controversial here for a second. For you. And ask you. <laughs> for you. Okay, let me get controversial <laughs> and mention the fact that you could say that we have this association with beautiful being good and ugly being bad. Right? This is just a yeah. natural thing. Yeah. You know this. Uh, beautiful being hot yeah pretty much <laughs> and ugly being evil so this is i obviously we uh, i think we understand from an evolutionary point of view why that's why that is if you're ugly you might have a crazy face that indicates these genes are not all that great so naturally you're gonna kind of hate on that and that doesn't, you know, when in this day and age, it doesn't feel right. Like even when I'm watching Lord of the Rings, I'm like, you know what? I think that's that's just prejudice. That's it. That's I'm 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 looking into the orcs' point of view and being. Do they have a right to <laughs> the exist? Orcs point of view. Do they have a right to exist? No, di- diversity makes us stronger. Mm. Without the uh, ogres to prop up the beautiful, uh-huh. what would we be? I know, right? As a people, what would we be? The, there has to be a low standard in order for the beautiful to look better. Is that a is that a thing? Yeah. So, sure, spe- sure. you know what? Speaking of fairy tales, let's talk about the Catholic Church and once upon a time. Like, imagine you take that Lord of the Rings shit seriously <laughs> and you have this system that you've created where people have the ability to grant you wishes. Well, wishes. not wishes. I would say more like an entryway into heaven. And when your life, when you have a little life of a fucking peasant in the medieval ages or even slightly before that, I think that that's probably a very enticing offer. You know, it's like, it's it's almost like saying, "Hey, put your money down on this thing, and then when the chips are well, not the chips are down. When it's all over, you're gonna go to Magic Playland. Playland, it's the, awesome. Where everything is awesome. But if you fuck up, then you're gonna have to pay the price. Then that's on you, man. That's well, you're gonna have you. to pay the price because I have the keys to this. This is a pretty sweet ragged. I mean, you're you know that every human being has this intense fear of death right you you realize this 
Have you had, like, by the way, have you ever had panic attacks about your mortality yet? Panic attacks? No, I've never had panic attacks about my, my own mortality. Did you feel anything? Did you feel <laughs> mortal in any way, though? Did you have, like, a near-death experience, a car crash, or any of those kinds of things? Oh, well, yeah, actually, when I was uh, about two years apart, we live in a very cold part of the world, and, uh, <clears throat> and basically, uh, I live near this lake that uh, we used to go to to visit my, my grandparents in the summer, and... Uh, during the you know the spring early spring when it's still the lake is still frozen over we uh we would always go out we'd ski we'd go and walk on the ice and it was totally you know people would put cabins on this ice and drive cars on the ice so it was normally quite thick but uh i had two unfortunate incidents but you were how old at this time i was i think i was around like 12 or maybe 11 and then 14 or 13 so this is really early on pretty early on jesus and uh so the first time i uh i was on super thick ice and then i was walking along i I think i was with my uncle at the time and i fell through the ice and what i didn't realize is there was this brook that made the ice super thin near the shore right because the uh, water was moving a lot yeah. yeah I tell you, time really does slow down when you uh, when you have a near death experience. When you when you fall through it, ice. When your body freezes. Luckily, uh, I was able to get out and it was no problem. But uh, the second it happened again, basically. Wait, on the the same kind of incident, <laughs> same same lake, <laughs> same kind of ice. You're saying I have pro- learning problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, I learned from my learning no, problems. Let's right, put it that right. way. You, that's what you needed two near-death experiences so the, the second one was I, I should have should have been more observant but uh there was uh, a dock that i was walking along and instead of ending at a at a right angle it it was like tapered a little bit and so i was walking i was walking backwards actually to take oh, a picture oh i think i know and, where this is uh, going yep sploosh crack ah frozen oh man so luckily third time has not happened mm-hmm. yeah but uh no honestly no no weird uh spiritual experience just more survival mode uh grasping at all possible ways to get out and uh and it worked luckily no damaged brain no damaged brain no damaged brain <laughs> yeah that we know of that's great but yep. here, see i think that that it puts you at a disadvantage because you have not had a serious threat on your right. life in this nope, modern no. time and i think that you're due it was all I, over within 10 minutes so i mean you know i fine. had my, i had mine when i was or in my early 30s but i am like a panicky pete about certain things yeah and also an obsessor so these this combination of things uh led to my own ultimate realization of my mortality and for a while <laughs> i was very attack. i was very freaked out <clears throat> so i i understand that fear and uh and and periodically it can come back obviously it's not just that I think that we fear death. Is that uh, we all? We, we, I mean, we plan for what's going to happen after we die. Why mm. would you do such a thing? That's dumb. You're dead. Who cares, right? That's a. But you you feel that need. You're like, well, here's what you're going to do with my body. It's not your business. You're dead. None of y'all business. None of your fucking business. <clears throat> no, I think people do try to plan ahead because they care about. While they're living, they care about their loved ones. No, but right? not even just that. Like, look, I've had arguments with my mom who insists on us playing a certain song at her funeral. And I keep trying to tell her, it's not about you. You're fucking dead. She's like, honor my wishes. You're dead. You can't have any more wishes. Along the same lines, you could just basically say, oh, yeah, we'll do that. I know. That's what I'm doing. I'm lying to her. But she knows that I lied. She's already on to me. She's a detective kind of woman. She knows I shouldn't have opened my big fucking fat mouth. Lesson learned, I guess. Then why did she even ask? But I don't like lying to people. I Ah. I do want to be honest and say, stop making this about you. You're dead. Accept that. But we can't. But in a weird way, I guess it. I I get get it. Because let me me say something. Let's say I had a favorite item, like a scarf of some kind, Mm -hmm. right? And I died uh, suddenly. And all of a sudden, everybody's just... I don't know, taking my stuff. I guess this is a dark vision. Maybe maybe they wouldn't be so enthusiastic. But somebody decides to take that scarf that was so me. And if you're wearing it, every time you wear it, you're, you'd be thinking about me or whatever. So that's kind of messed up. My ghost is haunting you in a sense, right? My Your ghost would be you. so pissed. I mean, because you are living creatures that knew me, you have to deal... And the fact that you have to deal with my post-existence does give me a kind of... 
I don't know, ghostly power over you. Like, I can fuck you up even though I'm not around here anymore. Think on that, man. Yeah, that's the power of relationships, to fuck you up even when they're gone. That's the true ghost of humanity, dude. Well, now. Okay, well, maybe that's a dark way of looking at it. (laughs) Because under my whole thing, it's like, hey, you want to be haunted by the loss of your loved ones? Love no one. Won't be taking that (laughs) scarf. Love no one and nothing. (laughs) I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I okay. love nothing too much. I be, I grew attached to nothing. <laughs> now, I had an interesting experience the other day. I talked to someone um, who's, I guess, uh, an intellectual because they, they enjoy the pursuit of knowledge. And I guess their obsession is uh, chess. So they're that's their particular mm-hmm. thing. And uh, the conversation turned to the subject of religion. And I was mentioning the fact that I think it's a complete and utter tragedy that the Catholic Church, or specific Christianity, well, I mean, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it to the Catholic Church in particular. The Catholic Church, I believe, is a henotheistic religion, and I have a lot of fucking evidence to support this goddamn claim. Now, record scratch effect. If we had one, what the fuck is henotheism? Right? What the hell is that word? Well, say what? Say what? Okay. Well. You know what polytheism is, because most of your listeners of the show, and you're wise enough to know that, and you know what monotheism is. Good. Now you need to realize that there's a middle point between that that nobody talks about for some weird fucking reason. And it is kind of, once you realize what its definition is, its very definition is a screaming fucking signal that this is what the Catholic Church is. So let's let's read the, uh, give it, give us a good read of the uh, Wikipedia definition of henotheism in that first sentence, please. Henotheism. <laughs> is With the, attitude. <laughs> With attitude. With attitude. Henotheism is the belief in and worship of a single God while accepting the existence or possible existence of other deities that may also be worshipped. All right. Now, if you're a Catholic, you know for a fact that once in a while you are asked to pray to specific saints uh, in order to have this intercessory prayer. It happens so much, in fact, that if you ask the average Italian who they pray to, uh, the number three on that list is Jesus. Number three? Number three. Number one is the Virgin Mary. I forget who number two is. I, I really don't remember. God proper, maybe? I don't know. But it's could never. It's, it's almost never Jesus. Yeah, it could be God proper. could be a grown-up God. But the truth is, like, there's a lot of these patron saints that are floating out there. And if you don't have any concept of history, if you've never studied a history book, all of this may just be unfamiliar to you. But really what happened around the 7th or 8th century is that... Judaism, as it was kind of establishing itself, if you want, like as they were beginning to write their own books, the problem was that even though they were trying to have a culture, there were other stronger cultures out there. The main one being Greek and Macedonian, which was dominating. Gotta compete. Yeah, you have to compete. And what began to happen is that a lot of Jews around that time, and like specifically, I'm talking about when the Bible gets pieced together. So this is actually from the 5th to the 1st century. This is when Hellenistic... Uh, you know, like, culture really started to take a hold. Well, I'd say around the 4th century for Hellenistic. But anyways, they're, they're dealing with a lot of this... I mean, you're familiar with Hellenistic culture. I mean, you're you're an American. If you go to the capital, what do you see? You see a monument to Hellenistic culture. You see fucking columns and, uh, you know, all the other... I, I forget all... Do you remember all the Greek words for their architecture? I do not. No. Yeah, that was many years ago. I remember columns. What are the little things there that twirl at the top of columns? The, the twirlies. The twirlies? Yeah. You're fired. The swirlies. You are fired. The Greek swirlies. <laughs> I'm finding a new co-host. Greek swirlies. Well, I Look like it up. It Look it <laughs> I met it in the you know what? Wikipedia article. You know what? Now. Look it up. Look it up. Fucking look it up. Anyways. <laughs> Hellenistic culture, extremely influential. I mean, they invent democracy, philosophy, scientific classification. They invent a lot of things that uh, we still use today. They're, they were kind of amazing. They were all right. They were all right. And they had a lot of other traditions that people liked. Like, you know what was really popular back then that fucking Jews, Orthodox Jews hated? Gyms. Orthodox Jews hated gyms. They hated gyms. I mean, first of all, people were naked in gyms. 
people Hello. are naked. And the first thing that Adam does when he eats of the knowledge of, tr- of, of good and evil is that he literally recognizes the shame of his nakedness and he covers up. So that's like sin number one. Nakedness. And meanwhile, the gym is a place of pure nakedness. Pure. Nice. Nice. Of course, for only one sex. <clears throat> Not male sex so nice. Not so nice. I would have preferred a unisex Half naked is thing. nice. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> unisex <laughs> bathrooms. Nah, nah, nah. Unisex clothesless gym. The Hellenist gym. <laughs> right. Would you join? Would you join? Yeah. Well, see, the problem that was happening around... Um, I'm trying to remember what century this was. I want to say second century or first. Around that time, uh, there was a Jewish sect that got really mad that all the Jews were, like, getting in on this Hellenistic business. You know, they were... How dare they? They liked going to the gym. They liked to talk in philosophy and all this kind of stuff. And some of it, by the way, is in the Bible. Like, for if you read uh, Ecclesiastes, that's pure Hellenistic fucking hmm. shit, man. 100%. I mean, they, they begin by saying, vanity of vanities. Life is bullshit. Well, this is paraphrasing. But... Man, that's that's some Greek philosophy right there, bitch. It's meaningless. Think about think on that. Life, life is meaningless. <laughs> no, life is what matters. So yeah, this group gets really hardcore, and they decide that they're going to persecute and kill, and murder anybody who's not into Judaism the way that they're into, because they have tons of religious backing. That if you start to obey the rules and customs of the foreigners, you should be murdered. These are the Maccabees, right? This is, you know, like the celebration of Hanukkah and all this other kind of, all this wonderful Jewish culture comes from the hardcore fundamentalism, fundamentalists trying to use the their hammer, and actually that was the name nickname of the Maccabees, the hammer. That's an in-joke. Hmm. Try to use their hammer to smash everybody who's trying to integrate into the local culture. Not cool. Right, th- that's our perspective now. We obviously realize that that's not cool. At the time, they were like, High five. Snap. <laughs> we kill those fucking integrated bitches. Success. <laughs> now back to my charge. So henotheism. Around that time, Hellenistic belief incorporated this idea that there was a chief god, Zeus, and that there were many other subordinate gods. A right? boss god. A super boss god. You th- a final boss god. Now, so, so you take this idea of monotheism from Judaism, and you take this chief god with other subordinate gods and what do you get well you get that melange that becomes christianity that becomes the offshoot sect where mithras and dionysus and all the familiar kinds of myths that you hear through greek dramas the drama being invented by the greeks by the way hello so yeah i guess because they invented it they sort of set the fucking tone for it and that drama can be found in the bible in terms of many of its elements have been taken specifically from Greek culture, except for it's been Jude. I don't know if you can use that as a verb. It feels offensive. Mm, it feels offensive, <laughs> but somehow appropriate. It just oh. happened. Look, when you have this level of knowledge of Jewish culture, can you really be racist? Because one, it's not a race, and two, I'll take on some rabbinical master and we'll have a fucking debate about his own little book and I will smash his ass. And will that be racist when I take away his little keys to his kingdom and say, you are not the chosen people? And your mythology is boring. I've I've rewritten it, and it's so fucking boring. I mean, I've been re I've been thinking about rewriting the mythologies of ancient Samaria, of ancient Greece, of ancient Persia, and that would be infinitely more interesting than the fucking Jewish mythology I had to do. That sucked. I mean, you you know what? Here's the thing. The truth is, Jewish mythology, so much counting. Yeah, you want to know why they're good at math? Numbers is one of their books. It's called Numbers, okay? Where they count stuff. I, I've never read a book where they count things so much. So much counting. So much counting. So much fucking counting. So you got to be good at counting. That's one of the advantages. <clears throat> huh? I guess. Yeah, except for the problem is that they thought pi was three point. It was just three. Pi is three. It's more or less three, right? <laughs> we scratch it. Yeah. If you squeeze that circle a bit, squeeze three. It, yeah, squeeze that soon. circle. And, and, you know, religion is basically the squeezing the circle. Hey, it's hey, it's three, right? It's three-ish. It's, it's good enough. Three-ish. <laughs> Squeeze that circle. Don't pay attention. Fuzzy the lines. It's all good. Hey, have some faith. It's all good. It's three. Now, you, you may, if you go to the Wikipedia article on henotheism, there is a 
there's barely a mention of the fact that it might be Christian. In fact, they don't even say it. They do not. Which is it is bullshit. They say they, they say that well, it may have influenced Hellenistic Judaism. I'm sorry. You mean Christianity? Like the I know it's Wikipedia and they can't get too much in the specifics, but this is just this is a general trend. By we the way, we can edit it right now. I mean, Christianity wants to consider itself a monotheistic religion, but with this whole triuneness of God, I'm sorry. Okay, you redefined what monotheism is, and it's a load of bullshit. If you have a Holy Ghost and a Son that's still subordinate to the Father, you are no longer a monotheistic religion from that get go. Get with the program. Right there. And then the intercessory prayers of the Catholic fucking church, the saints that you fucking beautify, as long as they do now only one miracle that's associated with them because they want to fucking fast track everybody. They're so desperate for saints because guess what? The age of miracles is dead. Who would have known? Who could have guessed that the age of miracles would have passed in the day of science and fucking video recording equipment? What a, what a, what a fucking mystery that is. Do you have one? On tape, as it were. Yeah, it, it, I think you will notice that with the ability to record things, the Jerusalem syndrome, the people who are like, I make miracles. Sweet. I got a video camera. I got a bunch of witnesses. Here we go. And we, we have something called sourcing. Let's do this fucking thing. Let's test your claim. All right. Miracle time. Uh, uh, when's it going to happen? You know what? Here's If I was a miracle maker, here's what I would do. Number one, I would, I would take James Randi's challenge. Because I think it's the easiest way to make a million dollars. And win. Win. So that's your first million. Okay? Yeah. Then you buy a really good slow-mo camera. And you film a miracle in slow-mo. Exactly. People would flap. Right. And what you do is, you you, because we have YouTube or whatever, you do it a live video. So you're like, no special effects, biatches. And 30 or 40 million people can just see you do it live and yada, yada, yada. Still waiting. Still waiting. (laughs) Although part of me is actually worried that an alien species is listening to the show right now. They have holographic technology, transporters, all the things that would be just easy to make some fucking parlor trick on the next level and trick everyone to think they're the next Jesus. I mean, they're that gullible. Everybody would be like, there's no other explanation. We can be the second coming. Like, if, 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 a, if a Jesus-like guy came over and started to perform miracles, minor miracles, we'll say, and all this other fucking jazz, would you seriously go... The only explanation is that he is a god. I will turn Mountain Dew into tequila. Like, not just a god that's sort of like there to be like, oh, I, I, I gave you a little of assistance and we're all good. No, a god who says you can't fucking masturbate and all this other kind of shit. Like a god with specific rules. He has all these amazing localized powers and he is the creator of all the cosmos. Is that your only explanation? Think outside the box. Come on. That was one that was one theory. There are many others, and I would vote that they're all equal when it comes to that I don't have any proof <laughs> business. So we could make some all day. And I'm an imaginative motherfucker. All right. I could come up with my own little theologies. Proofless theologies. Speaking of theologies, this is a bit of a tangent, but I've been reading the Samarillion. I don't know if that's a good idea. If you're not familiar with that, that's basically the Bible of the Lord of the Rings. Because I was trying to understand, who, what the fuck is all this business? Like, who, who's Gandalf? Why does he have powers? And why is he the only fucking magician? Why are there not more? Like, I'm sorry, I come from Dungeons and Dragons territory. Ooh. Do you know what I mean? It, like, clouds your mind. It makes you think that everybody gets their powers the same way. Right, right. But, no, that's not that at all. It turns out that there were also great videos that people are making tutorials to make you understand the entire mythology. And I got to tell you, I think that's it makes intense. more sense than Christianity. <laughs> that is my That is my... Whole thing, because number one, you're gonna love this because once upon a time, Tom and I came up with a religion of our own called rhythmology. Right. And what was the whole thing about rhythmology? Well, the rhythms of your life are just out of out of tune. Out of tune. The the whole universe. Well, we need rhythmology to to arrange them harmoniously. But where did we? Our whole thing was we were just trying to take basic string theory. And we were trying to do that whole, you know how you bullshit a religion right, out of right. science? Yeah. So that's where we started. We're like, strings. Well, that's strings for music. A little nugget of truth. Yeah. A little smelly nugget of truth. So let me explain to you now, now that we have the context of our own little pseudo-religion, let me tell you what Lord of the Rings comes ah. from. So 
the the chief god i'm trying to remember if his name is un nd or endil or something like I, please don't quote me on this i'm not good with names but the chief god basically creates these subordinate gods so henotheism okay i know i was going somewhere sub-god. with this i was going somewhere with this imagine being so a he sub-god. creates he creates subgods Lame. and one of those is called melkor or malkor now Malkor, like all the other gods, decide that they're going to sing in harmony, and their singing creates Middle Earth. The world of Lord of the Rings is created by their harmonious song. Mm. But there is one that is not harmonious. He's, He's discordant. So evil. Is that how it's said? Discordant? Sure. All right. And his discord, I really like this pun, by the way. <laughs> it basically creates all the bad things. So you know, like the 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 fire uh, oh god what is it called you know the thing that gandalf has to fight when it's uh the big giant flame monster right right i can't i mean i know so much about it not, not the names are not coming to me but anyways he fights the big flame monster so he creates that with his music he creates the flame monsters the dragons and sauron and a whole bunch of of oh, no i'm sorry he doesn't sauron. create sauron sauron uh that's comes from i'm sorry he creates the dragons or whatever the 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 discord and Sauron, who's one of the sub-angels that's created, begins to be the servant because he he's, he sort of like believes in the Malkor's goal or whatever of discord with the universe. And eventually he becomes like his own thing. And, you know, you never even hear of Malkor mostly through it. It's just he, he's like Satan, but Sauron is essentially the second in command of Satan. And he just decides that he wants to fuck shit up. And the thing about it, and we talked about this too, of, of the beauty. You know, in Lord of the Rings, we mentioned, hey, good and evil, it's beautiful and ugly. Well, that's Peter Jackson's vision. If you read the book, you realize that the Sauron masked his evil intentions by making himself beautiful. Oh. And when he gave people, like all those little Lord of the Ring characters, when he gave them the rings of power, they had real power. Hmm. Like the dwarves had a, a ring that allowed them to find treasure. Nice. But it's just like Satan... Everything that he gives you has a dark side, so the elves, or I mean, the the dwarves become obsessed with it. That's why they basically dig so deep that they dig those monsters that kill them. Right, they get wiped out by their own, you know, corruption, if you will. They dug too deep. They dug too deep, but they couldn't be controlled by the ring. They didn't need to be. They could be obsessed with something else. And the other rings, of course, for the elves don't. Well, like some of the elves fall for it because they see this beautiful creature. Because Sauron is, he's basically Ares. Mm-hmm. He's the god of the forge. That's why his armor is so lustrous and beautiful, and that's why he can forge rings. He's the forge god. He's the war god, in a sense, if you want. But it's not Greek. I'm not. It, all of this is not Greek mythology, by the way. It's it's um, Norse mythology mm-hmm. that he took. Apparently, he says that the, the Tolkien claims that there was a book. I think it's called the Red Book, mm. where he took all of this mythology, but it's secretly guarded by his estate. It's not really talked about. It could be entirely of his making. This could be a legend that they've created. But the Tolkien estate is a litigious monster that you do not want to approach. <laughs> Somehow after his death, he created some kind of sub-evil species that continues to exist to fuck with the, uh, you know, great art. But that's a different conversation. Yeah. But now you the see estate. that... So you see that, in a sense, Lord of the Rings is a henotheistic religion... And now Gandalf is a sub-angel. He's sent down along with three other wizards. Actually, I'm sorry. Four other wizards. The East and West wizards who are almost never talked about. The guy, if you ever watched the first ones where he gets pooped on his head, is another wizard. And there's the white wizard, uh, Saruman, who gets corrupted. And then there's Gandalf. So the reason why, even if, if you kill Gandalf, he'll just get resurrected. And he does so by defeating an evil monster or whatever. Okay, all of this sounds silly. Solid. If you do not care about Lord of the Rings, by the way, I apologize for all of this. This must be the most boring fucking show we've ever done. But I just mentioned this because I could have been talking about any other religion, right? Right. Does this not sound like kind of a religious tome? Am I right? The difference is we, we can have a lot of fun with it. And we don't take it seriously. Enotheism. We don't demand indulgences. And that that's what brings us to what is an indulgence? What is an indulgence? Well, what if you... I want to do something really bad? Well, it's not just that if you want to or if you what have if I done. Need to. I mean, you're a human being, and I've I've given you, I've told you that many of your impulses, because you're a Catholic here, I've told you many of your impulses are evil and wrong, and that you've sinned by even just touching your own dick, hey like and rubbing it a few times that wasn't meant for washing. 
that you've done bad. So in that sense, you're going to have a lot of uh, making up to do, right? So you're gonna okay. Have... So it used to be that, you know, if you go to your pastor and you're like, or you're, you're, you're the preacher and you're like, you confess a sin, in a sense, what you're doing is you're trying to absolve yourself and you're trying to get this person to forgive these sins. And over time, the Catholic Church was like, sick and tired of doing this as a, on a you know person by person basis it's an ex, it's costly first of all you know you need to have a person over the phone or not really over the phone but over in their booth and shit you can imagine if you're trying to run a business here this is not the most efficient way to do it indulging so what you do is you start printing these suckers out and i mean this started even before the printing press was invented so you know you take the laborious task of making a piece of paper have value which is something we talked about before, when it's not all that hard. You make it give value, and then all of a sudden you, you, you make these specific rules about it, like we will forgive you if you, you know, let's say you ate uh, chocolate at Lent, or you uh, had adultery, you know, you committed adultery. These are, I don't know, one's minor, one's major. But there were specific indulgence for each, and you would just pay, literally pay money, and then it would really? be... That be you would be done. Like the 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 intercessor prayer would be done. Like the, one of the pastors would pray to a saint who was responsible for that particular sin, and get you off the hook. He knows he is. I specialize in uh, the gambling vice and the adultery vice. Right. You would pray to that saint, and you know I'm sure even at the time they try to take it seriously. So they're like, well, we're gonna have someone pray the saint for about five pro- minutes. A professional will pray yeah. for you. Pray for you. How much they decide to actually do it, I'm not a historian. I can't fucking tell you. But it became very popular in the Middle Ages, and obviously it meant that rich people could get away with a lot more. But, I mean, is that different from today? I mean, come on, seriously. I mean, they did pay. They they fucking paid. They paid. And that money built a lot of cathedrals because, as you can imagine, if you have a get-out-of-jail-free card that you could buy, you'd probably buy it a few times. A lot times. of people buy it. And this is the only... This, you believe that this is the fucking reality of the world. You've been told that your entire life because you've you've been raised, if you want, by a corporation. What they're pimping is God. And you've been buying it for a very long time. So they have complete fucking control over you. And so now with the, with the idea of indulgences, it does pretty good. And then you can imagine with the invention of the printing press, how much that really got kicked up a notch. Which is why, you know, you have Protestantism being created, basically Martin Luther being, here's some of my problems. Because, you know, if you're a company and you discover, you know, that you can just print money and you're like the only game in town. Then you do. Then you print a lot. Then you print like all the all the money and you probably get out of control pretty fucking hardcore. Like if you look at the succession of popes back then... <laughs> It's probably one se- a series of orgy after the next, and uh, yeah, who's gonna who's not gonna brag about an orgy? That's just it's just gonna leak. You know what I mean? It's gonna leak. Like one of the famous orgies of the one of the popes, Borgias, used to have these competitions where whoever had the biggest cum load, whoa, uh, would win the night. <laughs> he won the night. Yeah, he'd have a whole bunch of prostitutes walking around without any clothes, and they would have all this money and all these prizes on the floor, so they would bend over so that you'd uh, want to have sex with them because you're a crazy pervert. It was just basically a room full of prostitutes. This is in this is the Catholic Church. This is the Holy See doing this. Okay, wow. wake up, wake the fuck up, wake here. up, they, wake up. You think that there are a bunch of weird, like... An oh, emission competition. Sexless weirdos. That's only very recent. The sexless weirdo part. Before, they were having some swinger parties at the next level. The next level swinger parties. Yeah. If you want to know how to have a swinger party, you know, look into the 16th century. You know what I mean? Like, this is what I'm talking about. Wow. Some fucking bourgeois shit. Wow. Anyways. Back to indulgences. Could you imagine, though, the ability to print out, like, get-out-of-jail-free cards... Uh, for a few hundred years and how people might respond to that. So, yeah, like so I think the power and success what, what went to their What kind of uh, indulgences could you buy? Well, okay. There was the indulgences that you bought in terms of like the money, but I would consider the inquisitions, all nine of them, well, depending on how you count, to be forms of indulgences. Because if you went there, regardless of what you had done with your entire life, if you went out and murdered for the Pope, you would be forgiven for those things. Solid. 
And we're talking like, what is your responsibility in the Inquisition? Well, go over there and murder as many people as you can. And you'll go, you're going to go into heaven. What a terrifying history of our species. Can I just say that for just a second? Let's step out of this history lesson for Take five seconds. Take a step back. We're horrible. Oh, we're just, so horrible. We're so fucking nasty, dude. What is wrong with us? Yeah, but they're not part of your little tribe, so it's all good, man. That is literally how people felt for a long time and how we still feel in many parts of the world. I don't know. Do you feel that way? Hey, you're not part of my tribe. I can do whatever you I want to you. Whatever I want. I think this brings us to part two of what we want to talk about, which is ISIS. Ooh, yeah. topical. Topical. I mean, you want to talk about this weird, horrible world where individuals are sold into slavery, where, you know, you can do anything. Like, for instance, you can. I can issue... If I'm an imam, I can issue a temporary marriage license so you can have sex with a prostitute because immediately I'll grant you a divorce. Temporary. And, and hey, you didn't break any of the laws of uh, the Quran. You were married for ten minutes. If you can, if you, if you, if your crafting rule of any religion is that it's open to interpretation, then what you're basically saying is you're allowing the unbounded imagination of mankind to be unleashed in terms of how to break your sickening rules with money. With money. People must bribe imams and stuff, right? Of course. You can bribe an imam into being called an ancestor of Muhammad. You can do that. You can do that. A sufficiently bribable uh, imam will do that. How much do you think it would cost for an infidel to bribe an imam into saying that? That is a good fucking question. I mean, there has to be a number, right? Well, it might not be impossible, like for, you know, if you can be traced back to, because, you know, they have genetic tests. If you can at least give them some trace of Middle Eastern, I don't, I think that $100,000 could probably buy you a a little, you know, I don't want to call it a fatwa, but a declaration that you are a, uh, an ancestor of Muhammad. And if that's true in many Muslim countries, you never have to work again. You can just sit on your ass. People will do anything because they, they it would be the equivalent of saying you're uh, an ancestor of Jesus. How would you be treated? A descendant. Sorry, the descendant of Jesus. How would you be treated? Probably pretty good. All right, I guess. P- pretty know, good. You know. Despite the fact that, you know, if you, if you ever wonder why Islam is so fucked up, the simple answer is that Mohammed had a lot of kids you and did. not a very clear succession of how power should be transferred. Did so, not. Within the very first few generation, a huge schism started, which ha- they haven't ended after 1,500 years. Great. Family feud. But look, it's not as though the Christians are any better. I mean, Eastern and Western churches, you know, like the Greek Orthodox Church, they have their pope. They just don't call him a pope. The man. other pope. The other pope. The other other pope. Yeah, pope versus pope. There were, I think that at one time there was like uh, three or four popes. Uh, contending for like Pope throne and shit. I mean, it got messy. It got real messy, but that's history for you. So let's talk about the modern Pope versus Pope, the modern inquisition, which is essentially uh, ISIS. It's a bunch of just wild stuff. It's a bunch of religious thugs that have been offered a key to paradise. If they go around and do the work of greedy power, hungry men, like how is that different from the inquisition? Well, the problem is they actually need to run their own, kind of fake no that's always happened look when you do when they did an inquisition they were rolling in and taking over cities you had to establish your own governance there too none of those things have changed the technology has changed none of the behavior has changed this is why you have to think like you don't live in some historically unique time take the fucking blinders off it's the same thing except for everything happened in slow-mo right like three months four months before you get fucking word back what happened oh they lost or they won we established a governor. He got murdered. You know, like, uh, things happen, like, really uh, Quite chaotically. Yeah, now we slowly. see it happening live. Yeah, now we see it happening yeah. fucking live. But no, almost none of it has changed. Just the weapons that make it happen change. Well, they're ma- they're making some money, right? So they, they've taken over enough infrastructure that oil and so on that they, they actually have a revenue stream and they can keep going well we you know you get confl- well, you last? get conf- you get conflicting information about it so one of the articles that i read was about a german dude who spent about 11 days so it's not that long there and obviously he was being handled by isis people so what he was shown is a very fucking select slice of the pie now his conclusion was obviously saying we need to take these motherfuckers seriously 
there are, at his estimate, something between ten to 15,000 foreign fighters Hey-o. that are there right now. So that's Best not counting days. the people who are there. That's people who are like, I want to go kill somebody, who decided that, you know, their holy war, their inquisition, if you want, because those numbers are almost identical. I don't know if it's the first or second crusade that has almost identical numbers of murderous people who answer the fucking call who are like i'm gonna create a new a new utopia i'm gonna change the world in a way that i think is i uh, you know is perfect and i think this is essentially the most dangerous of all human impulses can i just say this desire to create a perfect world you can't do that you cannot do that and what is your definition of perfection? How do you fucking eliminate imperfections? You know, all of these very important questions and your everything are going to be perf- perfect world. No, it's not. Opinions will always differ. Uh, what are you going to do about that? Oh, you're going to squash it out. You're going to crush it. Fantastic. And I think that the problem that ISIS is facing right now is that they're trying to manage an infrastructure, but they're so bound by their own religion that, you know, they're... They're basically either killing or, or uh, you know, putting under house arrest any of the professionals that could actually get the job done. Right. To try to replace it with their own religious cronies, which cannot handle the responsibilities that they've been given. They don't have the skills. Yeah. Like, ultimately, if you look at, I think that their progression is very much closer to that of a kind of small-time Genghis Khan, if you will, except for not as well-equipped, is that these barbarians can easily walk into a town cause a bunch of havoc kill people move on fairly rapidly and move from place to place and leaving a bunch of cronies behind that are terrorizing individuals but you don't have a fucking society and a structure based on that what you have are terrified individuals and a crumbling infrastructure that is a ticking time bomb like eventually services shut down like already you know they're experiencing power issues whatever because they can't control their own grid this is society is a thing that must always be maintained it's like an ant colony you ever see fucking ants take a break you need a bit of stability to maintain a power grid you need stability but you also the problem with all religion religious states and this is why you can't have a religious state now is because every single rule that you kind of institute will uh hamper the functioning of that society in some way like the advantage of secular societies is that they allow such a divergence of beliefs and thoughts that it doesn't get in the way of things getting done. Oh, hi, you're a Muslim dude and you want to just uh, build a bridge? Cool. Not go a fucking for problem. It. Yeah, go forward. I'm sure it'll be and safe. And pay your taxes when you're done. <laughs> That's it. We don't have that kind of problem. But in many, say, Islamic countries, you couldn't hold many places in offices if you were a specific religion. Right. And that could be a big problem if the most skilled and talented individuals just don't happen to share your fucking faith, which is probably uh, most of the time. Yeah. So there's this a huge problem. And when you're trying to manage a modern state where people have the amenities that everybody else has because you're kind of in a competition, right? You've right. got to be... You You can't not provide electricity. You can't not have the internet. Like, a country without the internet, they know that they're fucking backwards with the exception of North Korea. Because, you know... That's a fucking... They have their local BBS system. It's great. Right, but, they, you know, like, they, they still try to do TV broadcasts. They try to have the semblance of modernity because as soon as that breaks down, you know that your government is bullshit. If, you, right. if, if your water's not running and everything else, you're like, this is balls. We can do this. You realize that <laughs> mankind can actually do this. So if you can't, we're going to find somebody who can, okay? Right. The infrastructure's there. We just need a few fucking fixer-uppers. Get the fuck out if you can't do it. And that's a problem with ISIS. They can't do it. It, well, yeah, they're and, trying to pay a lot of money to get it done. Yeah, they're just paying their way through this. Yeah. they're trying but to blow through cash. Their like end goal is is a bit murky, and it's not sustainable. They don't seem to have. Yeah, they, it's not sustainable. They don't seem to have the 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 ability to win the hearts and minds of the 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 technicians and the experts to run this actual. But it's thing. not even just that. Like, think on a fundamental level where they can't even do something like control the price of oil. So one of the major sources of income that they were having was basically oil fields, right? And what happened recently to the price of oil? I know Russia was getting a little Tanked. bit uppity. And uh, so they're like, oh, well, we can two birds with one fucking stone. Why don't you quiet down ISIS? Because we're going to fucking take 50% of the value of oil, which is almost at the you know 1973 levels. That's where we're going to fucking sell it at. Yeah. But the deal with if you're an oil company is I know you're going to be taking up the ass, but we're only going to reduce fuel prices by 15%. That's a compromise. 
Have you noticed that your hmm. gas prices are not the same? They didn't drop by like half. They did not. Look, I, I, I'm not trying to put a tinfoil hat here, but do basic fucking economics. Follow the money. And you realize that if you're a little Genghis Khan operation where you can't even control things like inflation or whatever, I mean, what money are they using to pay people? Right? Yeah. They can't issue their own currency. They can't issue their own fucking passports. They are a joke. You want to get recognized in the UN? You want to be able to issue... <laughs> like, do any of the things that allow you to be a big boy country. You have to play with the rest of the world now. And they still can't. So. Nobody wants to play with them. But it doesn't mean they don't have a lot of very dangerous toys that they're just going to wave around yeah, for a while. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's the problem. But uh, for, for atheists, I think uh, the, 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 the Lost Islamic or State the, the opportunity. Is, is an interesting test case. I think it's the first time in a, you know, 100 years or, or more where we've had a state founded purely on religion yeah. where we get to see what is purely oh they want to try that test okay let's see what well, let's, let's see what, let's well, see what we happens. kind of have a gut instinct feeling of oh, what's gonna happen yeah uh, very good idea but no one was stupid enough to try it until now well you know we mentioned that there's something between 10 to fifteen thousand foreign fighters how many how long before they really want to go home and they can't because number one oh, you they are going to be treated like shit oh. Okay, you're the foreign fighter. You're not going to be giving the choice stuff. Imagine there's a dude and, who came and, back, yeah. who came back to Montreal. He's like, yeah, yeah, I was over in, uh, you know, yeah, how's, yeah, exactly. IS Number for two, a while. even if you could come back, who's going to want you back? Asshole. Who's going to want you back? What an asshole! Oh, you fought for them. You went over and you murdered people like arbitrarily. You killed uh, school children. You killed fucking men and women and children. You oh, want then, to be part of our society? And then you dick. begged the embassy for a replacement passport. Yeah. Nice. And and even if you weren't doing those things, you were cleaning the toilets of the monsters who were. What the fuck do you want? You want a you want a prize? You want a medal? You want to come back here? I mean, you kind of signed your own death warrant when you decided to do that. No offense. No one's going to look at you and want to give you a second chance because you jo- it's like joining the modern Nazi well, yeah, party. They, Good mean, call. They, Good call. They have to know it's a one-way trip. No, a lot of them are like they're look, the problem is they were 18 or 19 young dumb full of cum and angry hmm. and all of a sudden they decide that's gonna be my life and they realize oh my god these guys are so fucking crooked and wrong and to just honestly like i said to leave them there would be a huge mistake but at the same time it's not like when you're gonna come back anyone's gonna give you a goddamn medal you have that stain on you yeah that stain will not go away like see the reality it's it's a tattoo that won't go away the eye stain it's a fucking ice day. All right. That's the end of the show. Mm-hmm.